Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Doesn't talk film! I'm sorry. Take it outside. This is Real Nerds Podcast, the best movie podcast on the internet. I am Ryan, joined with Face Voice Brad. Hey. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> yep, still sick from last week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I hope it's not like what I had. I literally had no voice for like ten days. Yeah, it's been that long. Like and, it's, it's coming back, but um, yeah, the, I think all last week when I was working at the bug, I was just like, "Hi, how are you doing?" <laughs> I know like, it, it's really impressive in my job when I have to talk to people. I'm like, "Hey." Stop! Put the gun I mean, it gets people to laugh, and then they, <laughs> they're like, oh, okay, that's gay. Um, You're under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I'm saying to you? Um, you have the right to remain But then, silent. you know, your, <laughs> your voice cracks at a point, so it sounds even worse. You're like, hey, let me see your hands. Um, you know, just really cool stuff. Every week. We see a new movie, and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Stay tuned, where we will recommend the film or not, play the trailer, then spoil it. We also touch on the big movie news story and things we've been watching. Uh, we did do a Zelda thing, but you're way further along than I am. Yeah. I uh, I fell behind because my, my wife is working overnights, so I'm like a single dad. Who doesn't have someone to help him? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get sick like me, so I, you're I just like uh, bedridden and like oh, I, I, I can't cough all over people's groceries, so I guess I have to play Zelda. <laughs> I know I'm super. I'm super jelly. Yeah, I'm so far um, along now. It's crazy. <laughs> you bastard! But I'm glad. I it's, literally uh, uh, was in a boss fight before we did this podcast. Did you win? Yeah, it was a bitch, though. Okay, because if you didn't win, I was going to call you a bitch-ass motherfucker, you know. No, I did die once, but the second time, it's a, it's a Master Koga, and you're he's like on this boat that he made with these two archers, and he's just scuttling around the this pond, and you have to chase him. 
and also dodge the uh, arrows that are constantly flying at you. And I was, uh, yeah, I, I luckily beforehand I went and cooked a bunch of meals. So, um, I just, I, nice. just, I ate most of them trying to, the thing is like, he's usually so far away from you. Like you have to jump off your raft, swim over to him while he's knocked out. And by the time you get there, he's already done being knocked out. So it's like, just find the right yeah, amount yeah. of distance to get, uh, close to him. So you can knock the shit out of him with a hammer or something. Yeah, did you get a? I got an update from Amazon too that the guides are delayed a month. Yeah, such as reservations. That's how it goes. Bastards. I know. Uh, I got I really uh, my need Super Mario still. Yeah, I know. Fuck. I got my Super Mario still book um, today, and then it wasn't supposed to come out until next week. So nice. Best buys on it. Yeah, I, I even ordered it for pickup because um, you weren't able to order it. Then I got an alert. Uh, well, actually, I didn't get an alert. <laughs> I went and ordered, um, well, from you, I got an alert, the Spider-Man uh, Steelbook. So when I bought that, it says people also like um, Super Mario, and it said um, pick up today. And this was like, you know, yesterday after they were closed. And so I did, and I still went and picked it up today, and they definitely didn't have them out on the floor. So... <laughs> Nice. Win for me. Anyways, this week we saw Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Brad, do you recommend the next Spider-Verse movie? Boy, oh boy, I, I didn't think the animation could get that much better. And wow, they they it's incredible. Um, the story is a little uh, like stretched out because it's like a two and a half hour thing. Does it doesn't feel like two and a half hours, but um, you know, it's, it's, I recently rewatched the original and just kind of the pace and the mood is so different. Uh, but overall it's, it's an incredible, uh, feat of animation. Um, they really up the, their game on this, on this new version. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This movie is incredible to look at. Um, you know, one of the highlights for me is spider punk where his animation is like those old, like 1980s punk posters. Yeah. Um, it is pretty impressive. And um, the way they integrated it all um, again, it has to be a really bad Spider-Man movie for me not to love it. So of course I love this movie. Um, yeah. You should go out and see it. Here's a trailer for Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. My name is Miles Morales. I'm Brooklyn's one and only Spider-Man. And things are going great. Oh, yeah. You were supposed to be her five. All right, whatever. Whatever? Wow. Whatever? So are you like a cow or a Dalmatian? I am the spot. <laughs> That's not funny. Don't, don't do that. Miles' grades are pretty good. A in AP Physics. That's my little man. And a B in Spanish. What? Ooh, okay. Miles. Are you trying to... Mira, that's why I'm going He's lying to you, and I think you know it. What's up, danger? Miles! Want to get out of here? Oh, when? So wait a minute. There's an elite crew with all the best spider people in it? Uh, who's the new guy? This is unbelievable. This is the lobby. Miguel O'Hara. The whole thing was his idea. 
What's a guy gotta do to join this spider team? You can never be part of this. Don't even get me started on Doctor Strange and the little nerd back on Earth 1999-99. Come on, go easy on the kid. He had a terrible teacher. Peter! Miles! Mayday! You have a baby? I have a baby. I'll take it from here. Miles, being Spider-Man is a sacrifice. You have a choice between saving one person and saving every world. Send me home. I can't do that. I can do both! Spider-Man, always! Not always. What about Uncle Ben? If not for Uncle Ben, most of us wouldn't be here. Can't stop me now! Can't run forever, kid! I can't lose one more friend. Now, this isn't what we talked about! You knew? I had no idea what you're doing! Everyone keeps telling me how my story is supposed to go. Nah. I'm gonna do my own thing. All stations, stop Spider-Man! You, you are me? Uh, this takes place a year after the last, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales story. Um, and he is, you know, dealing with not seeing Gwen or Peter anymore because at the end of the last movie, the super collider sent everybody back kind of where they need to, where they belong. Um, and he also navigate lying to his parents about being Spider-Man. Um, yeah. But, you know, what I really loved about this film, though, is that the first 20, 30 minutes was all Spider-Gwen. Um, yeah, it's kind of a Spider-Gwen movie. Yeah, it gives you, like, her backstory. Um, and, you know, I, when I took my wife, she she mentioned afterwards that she loved the watercolor background in Gwen's world and how it would change moods depending on the scene. Yeah, when, um, sometimes when her, too- yeah, when she's talking to her dad, like it's it's uh you know it's it's sad, so it's almost like the background's crying. Yeah. And it's just it's it's incredible. And so um just like uh I mean in the comic it's the same way. Um I mean she doesn't go into the spider verse, but um in the comic, just like in this movie peter parker becomes the lizard and he dies in a fight with spider woman and when that happens uh everyone thinks that she killed him and when she reveals herself to her father who's you know the captain of the police force he believes that spider woman's responsible and he's going to take her in so she runs away uh with the spider people which is uh jessica drew and Spider-Man 2099. Um, and even like that vulture in that, that's from like, I don't know, the 1400s had a really cool design to him. Um, yeah. He's all like paper and. Uh, even Gwen just, went, that's like, it. The, like, what are you made out of paper? Yeah. paper? What's going on here? Yeah, it's just uh, really cool. So she gets recruited. Um, she visits Miles because the spot makes an appearance which i have to say the spot is a really dorky villain 
and they and what's really cool about this film is they he started off that way where he's kind of a joke and as he's able to bounce from world to world he starts getting a little more menacing and a little more uh scary uh and then the end where he's kind of uh he looks like slender man almost uh where he can now just go to any universe that he wants um i thought was a really cool way to use that character because he's a really dorky character in the spider-man world <laughs> um yeah he's, a, he's, he's one a where i i remember go ahead sorry that's to say he's his, his he's his own walking multiverse yeah and <laughs> it's cool the way he they used him because in the original comics he literally throws spots and he punches through them to like punch spider-man and stuff and this one he's using it as portals um when he figures out what his powers can be and that's what brings gwen into miles's world because now she's part of basically like a spider-man like special forces where their job is to find anomalies in the multiverse and stop them from happening and make sure that these events that Spider-Man 2099 calls uh canical events, I think, if I can remember it right. Yeah, Canada. And yeah, so something has to happen or the very fabric of that universe falls apart. Um and it, it, and what's cool is so each this movie is moves really fast and it was cool as each world has its own kind of creative look to it and feel. Uh, Spider-Man India, I thought was really funny and really cool looking. Um, the world he was in was kind of like a pop art kind of world. I don't know how to describe it. Um, but he was funny and he had, I, I loved his like, uh, cockiness. Um, he's like a Spider-Man that is too cool for school, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so we learn that a officer has to die. So whether it's Captain George Stacy or um, Captain Singh in Spider-Man India world, they have to die for these events to happen. And um, when Miles goes to Spider-Man India's world um, and he saves uh, Chief Singh, he basically makes the world start to fall apart. He's brought to, um, I forget what they call it, but where all the Spider-Men meet. um, And he's told by Spider-Man 2099, Miguel O'Hara, that, you know, you messed up. You can't stop this from happening. And him being there, he learns that they're also distracting him because Miles' father, who is... Uh, police lieutenant got, recently got promoted to captain and he's supposed to die in two days um, which sets off a chain of events where Spider-Man 2099 becomes the antagonist and tries to stop Miles from it happening um, yeah and then it just goes from there uh, I I really like this movie. If I had one little complaint, 
it's that the other Spider-Men would allow Spider-Man 2099 to be that way and to attack um, another Spider-Man from trying to save people. That seems really out of character, and especially out of someone like uh, Peter Parker um, with his little baby now, that he would also allow that to happen. I don't know. Did you read into that? My wife says that they told you that everybody's different, so not everybody's going to have the same values. And I said, shut up. Yeah, I think things are uh, like the stakes are different when you're dealing with a multiverse, I guess. And you know, it's not just like some villain destroying a building in a city. It's like, okay, this is the fabric for time and space. So um, maybe you might have some uh, reservations about your, your, you know, values, or I guess when faced with this problem, because yeah, uh, as I was watching, I was like, the, the, all these other spider people are really going to go along with this. Yeah, I guess as, and I, and I tried to argue with my wife and she kept on squashing my argument that so the Peter B. Parker is pretty much the Spider-Man we know. You know what I mean? Um, besides the Chris Pine one from the first Spider-Man uh, into the Spider-Verse movie. Um, he represents to me, the Peter B. Parker kind of represents who Spider-Man is. And for him to go along with it, I, even though he kind of doesn't, I still was like, man, I don't know about that. Well, also um, in the last movie, he was you know, a depressed dad and out Spider-Man who kind of gave up being Spider-Man, which also isn't in character. Yeah. So, you know, he's, is his, he's fluid as the movie needs him to be. But, um, I also think, you know, he's so distracted with his new life that maybe he's not, you know, paying as close attention yeah. to being Spider-Man as he, as he used to, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Cause he does have that scene with Mary Jane towards the end where she says, um, He's just like you, you know, um, and, and but I did really love the scene where uh, Miguel O'Hara is talking to Miles while he's holding him on that train. And Miles is telling him that he doesn't accept uh, not saving people. And I thought that scene was like super powerful because uh, the performances by um Oscar Isaac and uh, I, I don't want to pronounce his name wrong, but the the actor who plays Miles is freaking incredible. Um, yeah, and so anyways, they do that. Um, Miles thinks he gets away. Gwen goes back to see her dad or to her world, and she confronts her dad. And what's cool is she realizes talking to him that they don't have to die. They just have to stop being police officers, um, which I thought was kind of a cool little um, way to beat this and still keep the cannon going. Um, and we learned that Miles goes to the wrong universe and his uncle Aaron is still alive and his dad is dead and he never becomes Spider-Man and when he never becomes Spider-Man, he becomes the Prowler. And that's where the movie leaves us. <laughs> um, I've been reading some things online that people are not happy with how it ends. Um, I'm cool with it. Like, how I, I think so? They told this, I don't understand. Uh, that they wanted more of a conclusion to the film. Really? But, I mean, how I already knew there's going to be a second part of it. 
So, yeah, I I liked it. I thought it was like a Back to the Future two kind of ending where Marty goes back to Hill Valley and it's all like the dark, distorted version of Hill Ooh. Valley. Oh, I like that poll. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's what I got from it. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, it's an incredible film. I mean, fudge. I mean, there was a point where I was like, where, like, where is this movie going for the longest time? And then it got to like the, you know, cliffhanger and everything. I was like, oh man, this, this is a great cliffhanger. Like, I can't wait to watch the next part. So. Yeah. But you know, I'm really worried that the second part's not going to make its March release. <laughs> yeah. It, just how intricate it is. And I read on Variety today, or maybe the Hollywood Reporter, that it took them three years to animate Spider Punk. So. I don't know. Um, I'm glad we'll they see. did because yeah, their their blending of 2D and uh, 3D animation in in these movies is incredible. It's I was even reading some like uh, posts online where animators just like can't even fathom how they got around doing that or something based on like what they used to animate with. Oh yeah, it's really super complicated. It, it, oh, I could even I. I I think that's why they have three directors too is because you need each director to probably focus on a part of the film. So, you know, each third of the film is directed by somebody uh, because each world is so unique and each animation style is so unique that there's so much going on. Um, the the live action Venom callback really didn't play very well in my theater. Did people in your theater get it? <laughs> Um, I think so. I, I, both screenings I went to weren't like super heavily attended, so um, I got it. Yeah, I guess that the lady, but there was, I mean, it's cool as the Spider Man fan that you can see all the different Spider Men. Um, and even Kellen recognized the video, the video game Spider Man. And, um, I mean, they had the spectacular Spider-Man, spider I mean, every Spider-Man is obviously in there. Yeah. And then um, they had like but, Donald Glover in there is the Prowler. Oh yeah. That was a great, like, callback to Tom Holland's homecoming Spider-Man. Um, it's just really cool how it tied everything together. Yeah. It's just an awesome movie. Everybody should see it. Uh, this is the big movie news story of the week. It's real news. So the actors are going on strike too now. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen um, with movies. I already read that Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 is shutting down. Um some movies, I guess, are going to keep going if they're already in production. I don't know how it works. I don't understand this. Um, we'll see. <laughs> because you have some movies. Uh, Captain America New World Order changed its title to Captain America Brave New World. Um, Which I think is better. A picture of... Oh, yeah. Way better. Just because of um, it's tied in that Mackie other title. And Harrison Ford. Yeah. When it first came out, I was like, also, are you been... sure you want that one? <laughs> uh yeah it seems to fit what's going to happen a little better um and yeah uh so hopefully they figure this out i i don't know i don't know 
I don't know what the longest strike for writers or actors or directors, because the Directors Guild got a deal done, if I remember right. But I don't know um, what the longest is or what could happen, and it's going to start impacting a lot of people, and you wonder who's going to blink first, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you hate to say it, but it'd probably be like the writers and the people lower on the totem pole. <laughs> it would be hotshot movie executives and billionaire millionaire guys that are cool with it because people are still obviously paying for streaming and stuff. So they're still going to have a revenue source. Um, I think that's what it takes so, yeah, is, uh, I don't know. for people to maybe cancel some of those subscriptions. That'll um, find other alternatives, alternatives to entertainment um, and not give in to just reality programming and all that. It's hard, but I think that's the, that's the way this gets wrapped up faster. Yeah, I uh, I won't talk about what I've been watching, but I I started watching the Warner Brothers hundred year uh, documentary they're doing, and it's broken up into parts, and each part is a certain time in the studio's history. And they have that new dude who's I forget his name, David Zaslav or something, who's the head of them now, part of Discovery Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Discovery, and he's talking about how much he loves movies and stuff. I go, dude you're full of shit, man. And this is really a really self-serving thing for you. Who's barely been in the job for a year to be touting about the rich history of Warner brothers. I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. It sounds bad to me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's cool that the rest of the documentary has people like Tom Hanks, George Clooney, Warren Scorsese, uh, you know, Ben Makowitz, all these people that you, Leonard Maltin, the people you expect to be on there who love movies, not a dude who's barely been in there and removing content. And I don't know, just, it's just a bad look, but I guess when you're the head of the company, you do what you want. My favorite movies are the ones that are tax write-offs. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Batgirl. Fuck all these people that worked hard on it. You know, it's not just like the actors and the directors and writers. There's literally people that work behind the scenes that they totally fucked over on that stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but I digress. And yeah, that's about it for the news this week. This is Things We've Been Watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what you been up to this week watching-wise? Really, not much. Uh, yeah, nothing exciting. I, I went to a, a the Roku channel has a bunch of eighties and nineties um, martial arts movies uh, that aren't great. So I just binged all those and played Zelda the whole time. So there's a bunch of uh, Van Damme ones that I've I've seen before. So I just watched them again, and yeah, nothing exciting. Sometimes you know what you get with those movies, and it's a, like, uh, you know, they might not be great, but are they entertaining? I think is the most important thing. Yeah, uh, they're definitely entertaining in a uh, the room kind of way. <laughs> oh, they're that bad. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, there's definitely a theme of, uh, you know, blood sport was this uh, thing that hit culturally for mm. that genre. Yeah, I, the last one I watched was something called Blood Fist. Which is pretty much the same thing with just different people. Um, <laughs> and just one different word. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's a tournament. 
he uh the main character like makes friends with a dude there and that dude gets beat up by the like the main rival guy and you know almost paralyzed and i think the the way they make it different is that he actually dies um and uh his uh, girlfriend or something tries to kill him during the final tournament like oh, just, just strolls up into the arena and just shoots at him with a gun um and then she gets knocked out and dies from that getting punched in the face um and then the the lead Wait, guy she gets punched in the face and dies yeah <laughs> like she falls backwards in the crowd and like hits her head on a uh, wall or something yeah i was like oh she's dead I, okay I... <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then the main guy was being uh like his trainer was actually in cahoots with the uh the main rival. Um so he was being played the whole time. So the the actual final fight ends up being with uh against his coach. Yeah. Hmm. So, but other than that it's it's pretty much like exactly like blood sport. It's the same beats. <laughs> he's he's also like being chased uh like he defected from something, so he's being chased by uh, the authorities or something. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. Oh no! It's um. What was it? No, that was a different movie. Which one was it? <laughs> they just blend together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also this one I hadn't seen before. It's not a Van Damme one, but it's called Angel Town. <laughs> I was curious about it because it's on like the MVD throwback releases. Um, mm. It's this French dude who clearly they I, it, they'd never filmed in France, but they make it seem like it. And he's a like an exchange student, but he's also a world class like kickboxer. And he's like he's boarding with this uh, Hispanic family, um, and they're in the middle of like a gang rivalry thing. Um, and you know this, this out of town French guy just kicks all their asses and just stirs up more um animosity like he you know, he's got the path of like you know beat them up but don't like like choose choose peace you know as much as you can and uh it just escalates and escalates and escalates um as these uh this gang tries to recruit the, like the kid that lives at the house his mom <laughs> um and then the, the funny thing the funniest part of the movie is like this is like the first 2 minutes he uh before he leaves for America, he goes to a graveyard, which is in America, but it's you know it's subtitled Paris, France. Um, <laughs> he's like, uh, I think it's his dad. He's like at the gravestone saying like, you know, hey dad, I made it, but you know in French. And then uh, this woman like drives up in a cab and then runs out into the graveyard and then runs up to him. She's like, don't go, I, you know, I. Uh, and she's only wearing a uh, like a trench coat. And she's like, don't go. Like, uh, I, I still, uh, want to be with you and everything. And then he's like, don't make this harder than it has to be. And she's like, what am I going to do with this? And then she like just undresses and they just do it right in the graveyard <laughs> okay. in broad daylight. Yeah. It's like the first what? minute of the movie. So yeah, I had to get that new clause uh... <laughs> in there. Yeah. All uh, right. Yeah. 80s action schlocky movies. They're incredible. It's just so such nonsense sometimes. 
definitely a time where movies action wise would always do that. You know, they had to have some nudity in it after in between the fights or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Like I watched so many just like kickboxer fours and fives and enter the ninjas that are just like, they all just blended together. Yeah. And there's just like random, like, Oh, our characters go to a strip club. So that gets nudity in there. There we go. Yeah. Oh, that's always, that is a staple of eighties action too, is they walk through the strip club at some point. Yeah. Anything else? No, that's it for me, man. Uh, I saw a couple things that I'll touch on briefly. I saw you hurt my feelings with Julia Louis Dreyfus. Um, and it's really good. It's a movie about she is a writer and her husband is a therapist. And uh, one day her and her sister are going to surprise her husband and her sister's wife, uh, husband are at this store and when they sneak up to him, he says that he doesn't like her new book, that it's awful. And um, after he told her forever that he really enjoyed it and that the publisher didn't get it. So it's a story about how two people who really love each other, been married a long time, now deal with this lie that he's been telling her for you know a year or two years or whatever it is, took her to write this book. And... Um, the performances are incredible in it. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not a movie where like a lot happens quote unquote, but there's so much um, character moments and development that it's, it's really good. And David Cross and Amber Tamblin play uh, a married couple that is in therapy and it's really funny. Um, nice. I just saw that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he's really funny in it. Uh, I don't want to spoil what he does at the last, uh, one of the last therapy sessions, but it's really great. And it's, um, it's, I don't know. It's funny. Um, was it about being a terrible dad? Cause that's what is, is a comedy, uh, show that I went to was about. Uh, no, he's, uh, he taught, it's basically about how he and his wife hate each other. <laughs> And what they do, why they don't like each other. Um, and then how they come to the realization at a therapy session uh, that's really funny. Um, but, you know, it's one of those comedy dramas where you laugh, but there's also character growth in it. Um, it's uh, it's really good. And, like, I've been watching a lot of Julia Louis-Dreyfus stuff lately, and I, I stand by that she's one of the great comedians of all time. She's so funny and... She's so good in this movie. You should definitely see it if you have the opportunity. Um, and the last thing I watched this week is Fast X, which oh. is fucking awful. Um, <laughs> like I, I can't believe you even gave it like three stars. On my review of it on Letterbox, I gave it two stars. I gave one star because um, Jason Statham and The Rock are in it, and then I gave another star for uh, Jason Momoa. Everything else in it is fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... the, the writing is the writing is bad. The CGI is horrible. Um, and and uh, they just—it <laughs> seems like it's half of it is all about Vin Diesel's ego too. I can't count how many like hero shots they had. Um, 
and three or four times Momoa's character Dante talks about how cool Dom Toretto is or how great of a driver he is and I'm just like ugh barf (laughs) (laughs) it's just so bad yeah I just uh I didn't even mention it last time, but yeah, I was surprised this, uh, fr- like the, I don't think there's like a real car in the movie. Like they're all CGI, I think. Yeah, uh, I know. And it's, or the part where his, he, <laughs> he mentions that there's, okay, there's some things that I'm, I'm really not liking some about some movie making now is at the beginning when Dom is with his kid and he's talking to him and giving him a driving lesson. Why the fuck is it on a green screen and in a studio? Like, it's just... Safety. Yeah. And it's so, so what? But it's outside. It's more safe outside. Um, I don't know. And then, it, it, here, let me be Vin Diesel in this movie. I gotta save someone. And, <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't care about anybody in the movie. Um, uh, how about uh, I, how... I mean, his brother has like a different personality in this movie compared to the last one. Yeah. And that he's like fun and is like a cool uncle. I'm like, wait, does his son even know who, um, he's basically like peacemaker in this movie. Yeah. Like he's fun. And then he decides that he's going to sacrifice himself for Which a I'm brother. Not buying for a second. What's up? Which I'm not buying for a second. Cause you didn't actually see him like, yeah. His body, so I definitely feel. Oh like yeah, well, back. I mean, oh yeah, Gal Gadot comes back, and I thought she was dead. Um, They're all superheroes; they, don't, they don't die. The, <laughs> and then when Cipher and Letty are being held for like medical reasons, and Cipher is able to use her hand on a touch screen on the side of a bed that will un like release anesthesia and the fucking what the fuck is going on in this movie um everything is just so convenient um everything is poorly written or you know his son jumps from a moving car because he remembers a lesson that he was told and they're able to communicate through a radio that they for some reason that can get everybody's radio it's just everything's convenient about it and it's stupid um I, I like at one point I fell asleep when they go to like uh, the Pete Davidson part. Um, and mm-hmm. I literally thought I dreamed that at, at some point I was like, was Pete Davidson really in this movie or was that something else I watched? <laughs> um, yeah. And that's, that's another part too. Like, so Pete Davidson's in it and he's going to help him. And then he tells uh, Han not to eat the muffins. And then Han does. And then he has starts tripping for just like 20 seconds. And then there, it's never mentioned again. It's just a gag, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I really gave bad. like the uh, the higher score just because how great Momoa's performance is because he really eats it up. Oh uh, yeah, no, he's awesome in it. Uh, like, that part he where, knows exactly what kind of movie he's in. The part <laughs> the, there's two parts. There's one where he's like sitting with the corpses and he's like doing his nails, and like yeah. also like browsing the internet at the same time. Like that's like such a, a like a. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just so messed up. And then before that, when he's uh, in Rome and he's about to destroy, um, he's, he's like tracking the bomb or whatever, about to set it off. He's got like the two henchmen that he recruited from Charlize Theron's outfit. And he's like mm-hmm. talking for them. So he's just like, 
oh, what? We're going to blow up the Vatican? Dude, that's messed up. You're going to hell. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, that stuff's awesome. And he did this little character beat, too. At the end, uh, or, or near the end, he um, he comes down from this, like, tower, and he does, like, he skips to his car, which I thought was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he's great at it. That's like I said. And Statham's cool for the five minutes he's in the movie, and then, you know, The Rock's in it for, like, a minute. But that's it. <laughs> that movie was fucking awful. <laughs> but now I got to see the next one, because... How is Dom and his son going to get away from the dam that's going to blow up? I don't know. Oh, man, hopefully they hopefully they get out. Fuck. Some, someone's airdrop another uh, Dodge whatever, and then they'll drive drive away. <laughs> It'll be yeah, a. And how did his car show up on that dude's airplane? What the fuck is yeah. that? It'd be a charger that turns into a boat or something. Let's swim out of there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah. Next week is Transformers. <laughs> I think. I, I don't think know. So. Um. So yeah, I think it was supposed Stay to be tuned the for Flash, that. but we already saw that. Yeah. Well, the Flash is the following week. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Strays or Transformers. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you at the movies. Well, a real nerd knows who shot a real nerd. Can follow the plot and a real nerd. We'll turn it over to us. What's going Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes. Read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.